Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, to MBR, or as we like to call it around here, Nothing But Rants, the show where I find topics that I'm oddly passionate about, and I pontificate upon them. These are not hot takes, but rather takes that I'm hot about. Shut up and grind some tape. Don't doubt me, bro. We're out here trying. We're out here trying to be better, okay, with hey, the look. F word. And I think we're succeeding a little bit. But we got it. We're, we're down to four tallies this week. I think if we have. You put that sign up this week. <laughs> We've done four episodes. I know. We're, we're down to an F word an episode. And look, we're trying. It's effort. We're All good. Right? Hey, you're good. All you can ask for is effort. Welcome in. Look, hey, I've seen enough opinions. Okay, I've seen enough takes, myself included, about this Michigan stuff. I've seen and heard enough takes about the story, um, and I've moved on to seeking the opinions of those that matter. Okay, I think that's the best thing that we can do right now is go after and seek after the opinions from those who truly matter, not just opinion givers, but the ones who actually impact the sport, the ones who are most directly impacted by whether or not what's going on up at Michigan or what is accused of going on up at Michigan is actually indeed true, right? So who are those people? Those are football coaches. So what I did today was I reached out to nearly two dozen football coaches, whether it be NFL, co- uh, NFL representatives, don't know any, any NFL head coaches yet. That would be cool. The one day I got one of those contacts in the phone book, that'll be dope. And you'll know, trust me, I'll be stunting <laughs> that shit everywhere. Um, the moment that happens, that'll be dope. But no, uh, whether it be NFL representatives, uh, Ohio State staffers to current high school head football coaches, right? I uh, reached out to as many people as I, I could because I wanted to know. Okay, I wanted to know, what did they think about a program going to the length at which Michigan is being accused of going to to steal signals? Now, I think it's very important we start this segment with a disclaimer. Okay, a disclaimer. What is, what, what is the disclaimer? First of all, everyone in this sport, everyone, tries to do some type of sign stealing. Okay, some type of signal stealing. Everyone. Everyone has someone responsible for attempting to pick off, or, or excuse me, pick off signals. And sure, even if you know the play is coming, you still have to stop it. That is no doubt. There's no doubt about that. Even if you know something's coming, you have to be able to stop it. Um, but I spoke to one source today. Uh, it's actually funny. I spoke to a source today that told me when they played Alabama one year, they knew absolutely everything. Or when Alabama was running this one specific play, they knew it because they had the signal tip during the game. And it didn't matter. Every single time they ran it, they still couldn't stop it. Now, <laughs> I mean, we can laugh about that. It is true. It happens. I would say, come on now. We could do something. You know what I mean? We could do something to be a little bit better on that specific play. But nonetheless, even if you know the signs, and even if sign stealing isn't technically illegal, okay, going through these metrics that Michigan is being accused of today or uh, this past week is illegal, right? Here is the basis of the information that is being reported and alleged, all right? And here's what I set these coaches up with, right? Michigan hired an ex-Marine. Fact. The ex-Marine then had several other recruiting staffers attended future opponent games, okay, or attend a future opponent's games. That's alleged, and if that is true, that is illegal, all right? Potentially had them record signals of the opponents as well. Recording signals, illegal. With that data gathered, this is a fact, with that data gathered, the ex-Marine has been seen on the sidelines standing next to the defensive coordinator with sheets, of opponents signals 
Those are the facts that I presented dozens of coaches with today, and I think you would be relatively shocked to hear their surprises because I saw, I saw a lot of football heads out here being like, oh, science stealing, bleh. science stealing, we all do it. Everybody does it. Isn't that just scouting? Isn't that just doing your job? Yeah, yeah. Advanced scouting and science stealing and trying to study TV copies and find uh, 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 advantages, that's standard ops. That is not at all what went on if you did any of the research uh, on this topic, okay? So we texted a bunch today, and here were some of the responses I got. From an SEC staffer today, say, quote, I'm in shock, or excuse me, former SEC staffer, quote, I'm in shock. If they had people going to games and filming, that's insane. It's worse than recruiting violations to me. It's, quote, a crime against the game, but they'll probably just heap it all on this one guy. Right, they'll scapegoat this one guy, is what one SEC, former SEC staffer said. He went on, everyone in this game has some type of dirt on them, whether it's personal, recruiting violations, exceeding the 20-hour rules, stealing signs. Leave no doubt that nobody in college football is completely clean. That was his final point, and I'm, I'm in 100% agreement with that. I think one of our most famous quotes around this network, if you've been a lifer, is the game been broke. Or the game, the game been broke. Y'all just ain't been like uh, aware of it, right? The game's been out here being crooked, and the game's been cheating for a long time. All right, and everybody's a little bit guilty. But that quote right there, it's a crime against the game. That's a lot of the feelings that we got today when we searched out uh, thoughts on this. A Big Ten staffer sent me this today. Quote. People here in the Big Ten knew they had a guy who was ex-military on staff that stole signs. Everyone tries to do that in a TV copy or during the game. People just didn't know that they did it in an illegal way of in-person scouting. Having an entire book of signals by the other teams, that's clearly they, uh, uh, that's clearly they were, it's clear they were doing illegal stuff. All right, was the final. Man, I'm not a very good reader, am I? No, you're doing great, man. Keep you're doing going. all right. Um, so that was the Big Ten staffer. So apparently everyone in the Big Ten kind of knew about this. And this was my other uh, kind of fighting point that I had with some of these guys that were in my mentions today about, oh, notice how quiet coaches are. Coaches ain't quiet, bro. They're the ones who ratted this out. There were coaches in the Big Ten, obviously, that knew about this, that were not happy about this, that snitched on this. You know what that tells me? This guy's breaking rules and going about doing this in ways that they're comfortable snitching on, knowing that they're clean. You know what I mean? Like, if this were criminal activity that everybody were a part of, you know, kind of like paying players or uh, tampering in the portal, you know who wouldn't snitch? The coaches who are also doing the shit. So if everyone's sign-stealing, then everybody would have let this pass. But this guy's obviously doing something that everybody ain't doing. This guy's doing it a little bit different. This guy's doing it a little bit creepier. This is from an Ohio State staffer that was on that staff last year and years past. Quote, we didn't suspect something was up every single play, but the five or six key plays that were the deciding factor, they had the, quote, perfect call that was against their tendencies. Okay, so for those of you who don't know, there's data behind all of this. When we're in fourth and short, you tend to play this coverage. When you're in goal line, you do this. When you're in the red zone, you call this play. You have a tendency to be this type of personnel package in this type of situation, right? There is data particularly late in the season, of how you go about calling your plays. And when they go through the film study, particularly after the game, and they're breaking down the, the key critical moments of this football game, and you're breaking tendency, not once, but five, six, seven times in critical moments of the football game, guess whose alarms start to go off in their head? The guys who you're beating. 
They get really, really upset when you start to go outside of your tendencies. And that was something the Ohio State, not- the Ohio State coach noticed today when I spoke to him. Quote, this was far beyond anything given to you publicly. When you're sending a Marine to study video signals or video of my signals and you have charts of them, that's beyond the notion of what's right. That was the quote I got today. This was from an ACC staffer who, by the way, Clemson's been dragged into this for years because of Venables and all this like going down into the, the histories of signal stealing. Venables is like the, the poster boy for this. Quote, next level. It's prevalent in this game, but that was next level. Sloppy execution with all the quote, documenting ignorance. I love that. Documenting the ignorance with personal credit cards, etc. Does it win or lose football games? No, it helps run slash pass more than anything. And that, that was my, uh, that was the thing that I found appalling with this. Not, not that people didn't read. I don't expect you to read. I expect national analysts to read. I would hope they read before they give opinions. It's kind of important. And if you would have read it from the jump, you would have noticed that this wasn't your basic science dealing. This was an in-depth cooperation, okay, with an ex-Marine at the helm of it. This was some super serious uh, uh, deviant behavior to go about stealing signs. This was not somebody in the booth with binoculars looking at the on-game calls. That was not what this was. This was deviant behavior. And if you did any reading, you would have found that. But what really, really bugged me today was when people were doing the, oh, okay, well, they, they got the signals. Well, you still got to line up and play ball. De- and I love, I, I, I love Deion Sanders for college football. I think it's great. But Deion Sanders was quoted today saying, well, I mean, I could send my playbook to whoever I want. I could send my entire game plan to them. They still got to stop me. That's spoken like a real defensive player. Spoken like a real guy who played on the defensive side of the football. My whole daggum advantage as an offense is that you don't know what I'm doing. You know how I can debunk this entire theory. Michigan fans in my mentions talk about, oh, you still got to line up and play football. Uh, freaking Dave Portnoy out here talking about Ohio State fans bitching when all they did was get manned. They got manned. They got handled by Michigan. Okay, let me ask you this. Explain play action to me. Why does play action work? Play action works because we put the ball in the belly of the back. The defense doesn't know whether it's run or whether it's pass. And then we take advantage of the fact that they don't know whether it's run or whether it's pass. Play action, one of the most successful acts in football offensively. Over time, over history, do you know why it works? It works because the defense doesn't know whether it's run or whether it's pass. Now, let me tell you something. If it's fourth and two, critical down in the football game, if I'm a defender and I know for a fact they're about to pass the football, don't you think I could take a little bit of an advantage off of that? I asked Jamon Dumas Johnson today. He's the only player I've had available or availability to recently. And asked him, hey, man, if I told you defense, hey, defensive guy, they're about to run the ball. Do you think that's an advantage? And he goes, oh, my God, it's a huge advantage. No shit. It's <laughs> cheating. It's what it is. It's cheating, ladies and gentlemen. And I got so frustrated watching this today. So frustrated. Because you know who thinks it's cheating? The coaches, who all these people think are also cheating. Yeah, they are. They're trying to steal signals when you're playing them. They're watching you. 
watching your signals, and if you're not smart enough to change them up in between quarters, then yes, you are susceptible to having your shit stolen. But when some guy and some three recruiting staffers are buying tickets for the Ohio State-Georgia game and the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl while you're busy out there in the All-State Sugar Bowl or wherever the hell you were playing TCU, getting your brains beat in, and you got somebody watching us to steal our signals ahead of maybe potentially playing us, you're a cheater. That's what you are. And I have no bones about calling you a cheater for doing that. All right? And if I can't explain that to you, if that don't make no sense to you, then I don't know what to do. Amen, boys? Amen. He freaking, man. Amen. Solid, solid rant right there. Bro. Welcome into tonight's show. We got a loaded one for you. Shouts out to our friends. Oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on, hold on. Wait, 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 dude. We... Wait, 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 wait. We didn't forget anything. I want, I, want, I want to play the guy who I think encapsulated this perfectly. Okay? A guy who is the byproduct of this. Okay? Someone who has been the victim of a thief. The victim of a cheater. Okay, James Franklin summed it up best today in how he noticed what I told you the Ohio State staffer noticed. Damn, they sure really are great in situational football. Play the clip, Jay Will. Um, are we disguising it? I mean, what happens is you get to after games and you feel like you called a very unpredictable call, call in a situation and they're in the perfect defense for it. And... You're sitting there saying, well, how is that? What, what would ever make you play cover two on fourth and one and we're in a heavy personnel group? But they're in it and you got a shot called there. You know, those things kind of make you kind of second guess and you kind of go back and look at those things and what you need to do to disguise it. And, and um, if it happens once, that's one thing. But if it happens over and over, then, then you're aware of it. Um, so for us, that, that's something that, that we always are looking at, but obviously with some of the things that are going on right now, it, it magnifies it. Some of the things going on right now. Um, he also mentioned he wasn't going to talk about that other school that things are going on with, because um, obviously active NCAA investigation. Um, guys, th this is far, I, I tried to, and I, I feel bad. I tweeted about this today. I feel bad for Michigan fans, because here's the deal. You know who's about to dip out? Jim, Jim Harbaugh. Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh is oh, going to yeah. get an NFL job. He's going to get a $50 million contract over eight years, however much they're paying NFL coaches nowadays. And he's going to walk off, and he's going to leave your program with sanctions. And meanwhile, you look like a dumbass out here in my mentions defending a program who, by the way, I know you love, but that dude don't love you. The dude that just went through all this to get this advantage that is going to be the reason that your program looks like what it looks like nowadays in the news that you're out here defending – Bro, he's about to leave you at the altar, not even at the altar. He's about to leave you like Pete Carroll did with all the sanctions and just be like, not my problem. I'm going to the NFL. Not, like, I feel so bad for Michigan fans. Not even to mention that. Any of the success that they've had over the last two seasons has now been tarnished and stained because it can, it, whether it's true or not, you can undermine it and say, oh, it's because you were cheating. Of course you won all those games. Of course you won the Big Ten. Of course you beat Ohio State twice for the first time in 20-some-odd years because you were cheating. Like, every single good thing that's happened to Michigan's program from here on out has been undermined. You have the stats, don't you? Oh, I got the stats. I think there's – now, I got the stats of, like, offensive and defensive splits and explosives allowed over the past couple of years from 2015 all the way to 2022 outside of 2020. And really the biggest one is obviously points per game over the past few years. You went from 50th to 11th to 91st to 21st to 44th. And then the last two years, 16th and 6th. And then on the defensive side of the football, you were 6th, 2nd, 13th, 16th, 20th, 8th, and 7th. 
And then the explosive plays pretty much remain the same, but I will say last year was your best year over the last seven years. So that was my theory. Like, offensively, this isn't going to help you much. Like, because I kind of know. Like, what defenses are doing, I know. Like, mm-hmm. if they're playing a two-high shell, the middle of the field's open, we call a play based off this, right? Uh, if they're in an under front, we like this run to this, right? I know what you're doing defensively. Now, the only time it would really help me is if, like, you had some really, really well-called or well-timed blitz, and all of a sudden we're just, like, picking up blitzes perfectly. Like, that would be a tip-off for their cheating, okay? Or their stealing signs, or our signs have been stolen. Which, by the way, defensive signs, not hard. Okay, not hard to pick up. And again, uh, we as an offense are kind of trained to dissect what you are doing. Because again, there's only so many ways to disguise what you're doing as a defense. But offensively, I already explained it. If I know what you're doing, it's the whole bag. It's literally everything. I can't explain to you how much of an advantage it is. And if anybody who uh, has ever been on the offensive line or has been required to block a defensive player, the moment the defensive player knows where the ball's going, shit's over. You lose. Like, it's over with. Unless you are absolutely 1,000% perfect. Period. Point blank. Um, and that, to me, that to me is cheating. That's what that is. I just love all of the coping that's going on. Yeah. And, like, the, one of the biggest ones that I heard was about, oh, well, they got better over the years because they started recruiting better players. It's not true at all. I mean, I went and looked at the past recruiting classes. You went and from starting in 2016, you had the eighth best recruiting class, fifth best recruiting class, 22nd recruiting class, eighth, 10th, 13th, 9th, 17th. Three of your worst four recruiting classes came over the last four years. And the, the ratings as well are the result the same way. To the person that says, well, you still got to stop it. And I'll say, well, yeah, they did. They stopped it way better. They got way better at stopping it. Whatever it was, they got better at it, shockingly, because they knew it was coming. Like, I still, I, it's, it blows my mind how people are like, that's not cheating. Uh, what? Then, this is the biggest cheating scandal we've ever had. And then the, and I don't think that's hyperbolic, because this right here, this directly, directly impacts the outcome of the football game on Saturdays. Okay, if I'm out here paying uh, Robert M. Kimdichi or Laramie Tunsil or doing whatever it is Ole Miss was out here doing, cheating to get players, that's just getting them into my building. That doesn't make them play better on Saturdays. This right here, this directly impacts how we play on Saturdays. All right? And it's damn sure evident when you look at pre-2021 statistics of Jim Harbaugh in Michigan and what they look like private or what they look like now. What they look like now is a defense that is unstoppable. I, I sat there on tape, and it, it makes me feel goofy. And it's why I think I've been so hot on this, because I sat there and watched Michigan's defense three weeks ago, and I came on here, and I was like, dude, they're so well coached. It's, I, I think at one point I literally say it's almost like they know what's coming. Hmm. It's like, they, like the defense, but they strike and shed blocks so well. I feel bamboozled. I feel led astray. I feel hoodwinked. Okay, because I went on there and watched that defense. I'm like, damn, they're so well coached. And the here's the fuckers cheat. And then also like the clip that went viral Golly, today. Oh, dude, another one. Tough, tough. The clip that went viral of Ibuka catching the touchdown pass when obviously behind the scenes, behind the field, you can see that some type of signal relay is going on, and they're like, oh well. 
Ohio State still scored a touchdown, so obviously it doesn't matter that much. First off, I highly doubt that there's a signal. It's like, we're going to throw the ball to Ibuka over the middle of the field. So this is what's coming. And then second off, that's like saying, if we take this back to the Houston Astros of of like, oh, well, Jose Altuve knew that a breaking ball was coming because we told him we stole the signs. But he didn't hit a home run off of the breaking ball, so therefore it's not cheating and it's okay. It doesn't impact the – it's still cheating. It's still breaking the rules and it's still not okay. It's ridiculous. No, I mean, you're absolutely right. I don't – I can't think of anything like this. I'm trying. I'm trying. I, I've heard of some backdoor cheating in, in in years past. I've heard of some player acquisition cheating. I've definitely heard of tampering um, that is, is just irate in the sport of college football. But again, that's not cheating the game. This is cheating the game to me, um, and that's why I've been so hot about it and, and so vocal about it. Um, I don't think there's really any place in the game of football for this. And again, the conversations that I had with coaches today, there were coaches who were legitimately hurt about this. There were coaches that were um, like Ryan, Ryan Day, his not not that, you know, he's obviously one of these coaches that I talked to, but Ryan Day's like the perception of him is directly impacted by what people think about him in this game and this matchup between Michigan. Mm-hmm. The fact that he's lost two in a row um, and no, it has nothing to do with what their defense has done against the run. No, it has nothing to do with that. But their offensive success, is, they're a check-with-me offense. It's directly impacted by whether or not the other team knows what they're doing. Are you kidding me? Like, yeah, I, I definitely think uh, differently of what's going on in Michigan based off the information that we've got. Again, it seems to be true. Like, the, the, the photos, the, the, the drastic amounts of evidence. The, I, I thought the other point and the other storyline of this is all the Venmo running down that college football fans have been doing Eevee. on Twitter. On, There's literally a private mode for this too. Like <sighs> I <laughs> just not even trying to hide it. And like, and you explicitly title it like, Oh, Georgia. And like yeah. it just makes GA. it. Yeah. GA. GA. Letting everybody what know doing, what's bro? going on. Couldn't even put it like a little peach emoji. Yeah. Or <laughs> <laughs> I think we would get some different, uh, speculations. If that was what was getting put on. <laughs> That's that. why I <laughs> How funny here, is it that... you on Tuesday with all this ass. What you doing? How funny is it that the one to come up with this, like, I don't want... I hate to call it a mastermind plan, but something so devious came from a guy who I would say is probably one of the more innocent-looking guys in college football. Like, the aura... You think Jim Harbaugh is innocent? Innocent-looking. Oh, I like don't it, know. He like looks pretty deviant to me. The aura of Jim Harbaugh is like, he's just the classic, like, goober dad. Goober. Goober but, dad. But Christian, yeah. he may not have even known. Harbaugh may not have even known that it was going on. You're right. right. How could he have known? Shouts out to Bustin' with the boys, but I watched Will Compton in one tweet call for an NCAA death penalty in the next tweet say, you know, I was talking to Big Cat, but there's a possibility Jim Harbaugh doesn't know anything about this because he's morally just way too abstaining. He cares about the game of football way too much. Yeah. A football lifer. A football lifer would never do this. Never, never uh, sanctify the 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 or uh, you know put in jeopardy the sanctity of the game of football. He would never, never. But like never. out of out of all the guys, if I if I said there's a coach this year in 2023 who's going to be sending analysts over to steal signs, there's more. I just got it right here. So Michigan reportedly was paying for flights, hotels, meal tickets, etc., to some other guy to go film signals at games outside the Big Ten. Continue while I read this newfound report from Football Scoop that just dropped. Go ahead. But, yeah, my point is, like, if I'd have told you that was, this was going to happen this year, would your first guess be, oh, it's going to be Jim Harbaugh? Mm-hmm. Who, who would you guess if I'd have told you that? 
One more time. If I had told you that coming into this season, we would have a coach who would be stealing, doing all the things that we're doing. I didn't tell you his name. Who would you guess the coach would be? Because I don't think it would be Jim Harbaugh. Brian Kelly. Brian Kelly is a yeah. good answer. <laughs> um, Billy Napier. Yeah. Billy Napier. I'm thinking of like coaches that are kind of in a little bit of trouble, maybe Jimbo a little Fisher. bit. Yeah, I'm thinking hot seat coaches. Jimbo, Jimbo Fisher. Jimbo, my God. Yes. Jimbo, Jimbo Fisher. Jimbo's the easy one. All right, here's the deal. Tennessee not only told Yahoo which game Stallions purchased a ticket to, it knows the exact time and when he transferred the ticket to another person. What's more, a VolQuest post from this past January emerged from a third-hand account of a spy within Stallions Network working on Michigan's staff. Oh, my God. This is crazy. Source, Michigan staffer Connor Stallions bought tickets to the 2022 Oregon UW game in Eugene, visiting sideline. Ducks were ranked number six at the time. Man's, man's got money to buy tickets out here for all this and only makes $55,000 a year. That's the craziest part. Again, you Michigan fans in my mentions out here going to bat for your program, man, I'm sorry this happened to you. I'm, I'm really, really sorry this happened to you. But just take it upon yourself to just shut up. Just be quiet and just go off into a dark hole because it's fitting to get ugly. Like, th there's no way this didn't happen, by the way. Or not at least didn't happen. There's no way you didn't break rules. It's not a witch hunt. Yeah, it's not a witch hunt. This is for sure. This is for sure coming down the pike towards your program. Um, by the way, I don't think we've welcomed into the show. Uh, welcome, everybody, to tonight's show. We got a loaded one for you. We're going to play a little bit of Guess the Lines here tonight on the show. Make sure you're hitting that thumbs up button, like, and subscribing, rating, reviewing. We do talk national topics around here, and I'm glad to be doing so. Um, you know, this program uh, had an opportunity to branch out of the Georgia network and just go out and do our own little thing and be an only national type of topic and, and, and show we chose to stick to our roots, stay here in the Georgia space, continue to do our Georgia beat reporting while also taking the leap of faith into the national audience and into the national sector. Uh, anybody familiar with the Dan Levitard show will notify or notice this approach. Okay, You don't have to give up your roots when you go national. You can go national, dip your toe in the water while sticking to your roots. So we tried to do that here while doing this. So we appreciate you guys for at least jumping in um, and, and supporting this. Um, my question is, if all this is indeed true, which it appears to be, if there is this long-standing run of, uh, of a scheme and a plot to steal signs, what's the, what's the proper punishment? I mean, I'm sure wins will be vacated, I would think. Sometimes, like wins and – I don't know how many exactly, but I think wins would be vacated. I don't – I don't know if they would do a bowl ban or not, but they, they I mean, probably would do it like a two, a one two year bowl ban. So here's what I think you do. I think you punish the coaches, and here's how you do it: you vacate their wins. Okay, you don't vacate the program's wins. Okay, you vacate the coaches' wins. Okay, any uh, titles you know resonant to the coach's name, you strip those. Um, he's obviously, I mean, he he would be fired without cause um, if we go this far in my opinion. Um, so the school's not apropos, unless they all knew about it. The school knew about it, then we're talking about a whole wide uh, mm -hmm. vacation of wins or vacating of wins. But I, I just think this has such a direct out, like, impact of the outcome of the football games that this to me is so gross that it needs some type of uh, stern attention getter, and that being a vacating of the coach's wins and uh, a, a firing for cause. Guys, I think it's pretty clear he wants to leave for the NFL anyways. And that's oh, yeah. going to be his 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 get out of free get out of jail free card here. He's not going to serve any punishment unless you let him know you're not allowed to coach college football for at least two years. You got to go. Yeah, he's probably he's probably. You don't have to fire him. Excuse me. You don't have to fire him. You got to give him a two year suspension. 
or a year suspension. He cannot coach football, okay, knowing that this is what happened. If, and again, you're going to tell me he didn't know. He didn't know about this. Um, also, if that is the case, then um, you got to be uh, punished for some type of, uh, what do you call it, negligence. You got to be some type of negligence punishment here as well. So, yeah, I, th- I think we got to have something coming down the pipe with regards to a suspension. If, again, if, it, if at all any of this is true, which I don't know how it's not. I don't know how it's not true with all this uh, compounding evidence. Yeah, that's. I mean, at this point, the allegations keep growing and growing, and the evidence keeps by the hour. Up. Yeah, like <laughs> yes, it's like it feel like every day. hour there's a new report about how this type of thing happened. This, I think, we are witnessing the end of the Jim Harbaugh era in Michigan. I don't think there's any way you can go around it. I don't know. One, I don't think he wants to stay in Michigan. I think he's always been trying to get back to the NFL, and I think this is going to be the final straw for it because he's going to get some sort of suspension. He's going to get some sort of punishment. I'm sure it's going to be like recruiting things for Michigan. They're going to probably have to vacate wins. They'll get a bowl suspension for a year or so, which is, I mean, it's not the death penalty. It's going to suck. You're going to take a massive step back. And the fact that you're going to lose your coach that got you here, I think is the biggest blow to it all. But what if what he's doing is absolutely true, he can't be in the sport. So here's a little question. We got college football playoff rankings coming out next week. Yeah. Do we think the committee no. takes this into any consideration at all? Um. No, I, th- I honestly I think they, they kind of steer opposite. I, I think the college football playoff rankings, the first couple of them, are the t- they're for a TV show. Mm-hmm. That's what they're there for. Yeah. Um, so they'll be hyping up everything. I also, the, the weird thing about NCAA sanctions is they're always post-dated. So they, don't, they won't finish this investigation, I would imagine, in season. So whatever happens to Michigan's football season this year, it's under this cloud. Right. It just but, is. But maybe even from a standpoint of, Oh, you were this good because you were cheating? Maybe. Oh, no, I was going to say the best story for Michigan is that they continue to win and win so dominantly. Um, if, they, if they look bad, like if, if they come out against Ohio State and they can't get a stop, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like, that's not going to look great. Man. Yeah, they had C.J. Stroud last year, and you look good. Mm-hmm. You look good against that defense, and now Kyle McCord's out here tearing you up. Like, if that's the case, that's that's going to be the noise is going to get really really loud mm-hmm. if it's not already. But I, I, one Michigan fan told me today, "You're an idiot for saying he gets to go be silent about this." It's true. He doesn't have to talk about this because it's an active NCAA investigation. So they just don't talk about it up there in East Lansing or in uh in Ann Arbor right now, which is probably really weird. Yeah, but I it's probably yeah. all they probably talk a about lot of tension in that room. Yeah. Probably all they talk about in their meetings. All right, let's play our favorite game around here. It is Tuesday here on the network, which means we have guessed the lines. I love doing this with you, Kirby. I think we're an even split of the last two weeks. Yeah, we weeks. haven't been keeping records, have we? No, I think we're an even split one and one the last two weeks. I think I got you the first week. Yeah. But we just recently changed the rules on who gets to go first. I like all one and one since. Yeah, I like all So this week, I'm going second. Well, I, I think you can go first on the first one, and then I'll go first on All the right, second one. There we go. We are alternating this week. Uh, Jay, will your segment, you are intro man. What's our first game of the week? You know, we did spooky music in the TCD hour. We need some game show music for this. We need a little intro, some game I like music. That, yeah. I find that out. next order of business. But first one, we got some more Pac-12 action. Some really, a really, another really good football game. The Pac-12 has been blessing us with some good football games over the past few weeks. As we knew down the stretch, it would get to be. And we got Utah against Oregon. It is at Utah, by the way. Ooh. So, you got it, Brooks. All right, Brooks starts. All right, so Oregon's far better football team on paper. Utah, one of them Pac-12 teams that's really, really tough to beat at home. 
I think their home record's probably one of the best in college football. Um, don't know why. It doesn't look like a huge stadium. I think it's one of them trap the sound stadiums mm. out there at Utah. Um, or this, this strikes me as an Oregon by seven football game. I think that's how it's going to play out. But I don't think Vegas is going to favor them that heavily. I'm going to say Oregon favored by three and a half in this football game. I like Oregon by more than that. I think despite the fact that you did just beat USC, which was a top 15 team at the time, I think Oregon is a legit team. I think Vegas sees them that Vegas, way. Vegas, just to continue on, Vegas never really heavily or like is in favor of teams who win ugly. And Utah is captain win ugly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. They are captain win ugly. I think I think you uh, Oregon by a touchdown is the right line. So I'll go minus seven Oregon. I should have stuck on my guts what you're saying. Yeah, you definitely should have because it's Oregon minus six and a half. Oregon minus six. That's a good peg. It's mm-hmm. a good peg by Vegas right there. I think that's a really, really good line. Yeah. Um, I know we talked about it a little bit last night, but does it really – isn't it interesting to watch Utah, how, how they're winning football games despite quarterback play? Yeah. And, like, beating good football teams and scoring 30 points to do so, 35 points to do so. Like, that's nuts, man. Shouts out. Yeah, it's a very, it's a very weird dynamic as to how they do it. But, hell, if it's working. It's one of those things where they just recruit good football players like, if you go through the bios of all of their, like, key players, like a Cole Bishop, for example, right? And I know Cole um, because I called some of his games when he was at Star, Stars Mill here in the state of Georgia. Um, Cole was a football player who played in a triple option offense, was a guy that they just brought on the field on offense to kind of make plays. Defensively, play a little bit of linebacker, play a little bit of safety, but just was an all-around, like, really, really good football player. And that's what he does at Utah. He just plays yep. good football. Uh, their quarterback, kind of an all-around kind of cutthroat football guy, right? They got players that, you know, came into, came into the program as a corner where it's like, hey, man, you played running back one day in high school. We kind of need a running back today. You want to come try it out? And they're like, yeah, coach, I'll come give it a shot. And then next thing you know, they're a running back for the football just team. Some, like, just some football-loving dudes. Just some football-loving dudes, and that's what they prioritize on the recruiting trail. And I think everybody tries to do this. Everybody says they just want football. They just want a good football-loving dude on their team. Like, that's what we want to pri- – like, like, even Kirby Smart, even at the highest levels, when we talked about it at SEC Media Days, what did he say? The number one rule we look for, do you love football? Right? And number two, are you selfless? Right? Do you love football and are you selfless? Everyone tries to establish it. Utah's managed to do it in the Pac-12. In a conference that doesn't historically – predicate themselves off of physicality right. and just being a well-coached, well-rounded football program, they win ball games doing it. Um, so just a soliloquy on Utah right there. They don't deserve, or they don't rightfully, uh, they, don't, they don't strike me as a football program that deserves all the hype and, and the love and, 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 the, and, the, and the points in games like this, but they continue year in and year out to find ways to win ball games. All right, what's our next one? Now, if you would have said that this was a ranked matchup before the season started, I don't know that a soul would have believed you, except me. <laughs> except me. I would have told you that I believe this is a ranked matchup. This is one that actually could end up deciding who ends up playing in the ACC championship game, surprisingly. We got Duke at Louisville. Them Dukies. Okay, so... Riley Leonard going to play? That's my first question. Is Riley I Leonard don't play? know. I will get on that right now. I'm going to assume... Let's go two separate lines. Yeah. I'm going to assume... Just from now, just from what I saw at the end of that Florida State game, and the fact that it's Monday this week, Vegas is going to go and say he's assume he's not going to play. Now, obviously, if news develops, Thursday comes in and say, hey, he's a game-time decision, that line might change. But right now, I'm going to say probably not is what Vegas is doing. 
with that, I think they lean Louisville. Louisville's going to be at home. Probably what that's worth what a point, point and a half maybe. I would go Louisville somewhere in between three and four. So I do three and a half. Two and a half is my number. I think it's a really, really tight football game. I think these teams are relatively mid. Not relatively mid. That's a that's a wrong term. These are nine win football teams in the ACC. Yeah, and they're beat up too. So just, and they're beat up. Just to lay the land, they're doing the typical thing of they're uncertain if so they yeah, play. Vegas okay. is gonna Vegas is gonna assume at that point until otherwise. Dude, I, I think this is a coin flip football game. I agree. Right, UL UL favored by two and a half. Is my guess. Mm. Christian gets it again. It's Louisville minus four. Yeah, I didn't want to cheat. I, I was going to play the, the upside, like just take the, the high side of uh, you. you would but, no, I wanted to be true. I wrote down two and a half. I think it's a, I think it's a field goal football game. Um, I would take Louis, or excuse me, I would take Duke if that is the case. They're full, if yeah. they're favored by a full four points, I think it's a three-point football game. So, we'll give Kirby the win there. What's our next football game? You got two head coaches that are kind of fighting for their lives at this point. A loss for either of these coaches would be very detrimental for ah, different reasons. Hold on. I wouldn't classify anything Jimbo's doing right now as fighting. Fighting requires effort. All right. I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't classify what Jimbo's doing right now in Texas A&M as fighting for his life. He spoiled my buildup. He was like he's fighting for his buyout. What's up? He spoiled my buildup. My bad. South Keep building, bro. Keep building. South Carolina at Texas A&M. Let that boy cook. And then I really mess you up. <laughs> no, you guy. just said Jimbo. My so bad, you're fine. Man. It's good. Poor guy. No, it is South Carolina, Texas A&M. And I do think Shane Beamer's fighting for his life. Oh, yeah. Okay, Jimbo. Jimbo's that person that, like, hands the pillow to the person. And is like, please, please. But at the same time, if, if, if Jimbo loses to Shane Beamer, then it's like, oof. That's horrible. That's so bad. You lose to the South Carolina team? Yeah, I think, I think at the, home. the mantra coming into this game is from both sides. Oh, if you lose to this team, it's not a good look. So Yeah. All right, you started last I time? I started, so you got it this time. A&M favored by six. Really? Six and a half. Six and a half? Yeah, South Carolina's a bad football team. They're at home. That's that's what I'm saying. That's it? Oh. Twelve and a half. <laughs> he went from six to twelve and a half. I don't know. This is why you're the gambler. Yeah. I'm just the guy that gives the takes. Yeah, um, I mean, the fact that you're in Kyle Field, the fact that Shane Beamer's yeah. kind of the I don't not yell. Oh God, we're gonna we're gonna get to see some viral midnight yell clips. Hey, yeah, it's awful. Aggies, yeah. My dad's embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> My mom's sad too. How about the Aggies? <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, I would go A and M. My, would you say twelve? Twelve and a half. I wanted to do thirteen. I'll go. I'll bump it up and go A and M minus fourteen. I think Vegas leans heavy A and M in this. On the dot, Texas A and M by fourteen. Yes. <laughs> Kirby with the clean sweep today. It sounds like um, Tennessee at Kentucky. Tennessee at Kentucky. <laughs> you didn't even like two checkerboard loving teams. That's for sure. Ooh, that's yeah. Fast. That is true. When did ten, when did Kentucky adopt the checkerboard? Because I feel like they kind of recent. Like Tennessee's always had the checkerboard. when they decided to be kind of a good football team. I always remembered it on their basketball uniforms. Yes. Because hmm. that's the only time I watch Kentucky sports. <laughs> Unless I'm made to. That's a goddamn lie. I ain't watched no college hoops in a minute. Yeah. When was the last time you watched a college hoops game? Last March. All the time. <laughs> All the time. Last I do. March. Yeah, we'll, we'll see about that this fall. 
We'll see about that here in a couple of weeks. Really? When NCAA hoops kicks up and you're still doing workload. Actually, and, and no, wait a minute. I content. went to like all the basketball games last year. Never mind. Stop the cap. You, wait, you're saying I, you don't think I actually watch college basketball? I would like prefer that? you not to be watching college basketball. I would prefer you to be maximizing oh. your output and being obsessed. Yeah. You can have something on the TV while doing some, some articles. So you don't want me going to the games this year? We'll, f- we'll figure it out. I don't know how that's going to work. We'll figure it out. Yeah, we'll see. Anyways, you have the floor, my sir. Tennessee at Kentucky. Tennessee at Kentucky. Tennessee, I think, is going to be coming off of it. They are coming off of a tough loss. I don't I don't really know what Kentucky is. Kentucky's kind of the put-you-in-the-box team. And if we can't Classic do, Kentucky. If we can't do that, I mean, it's like, uh-oh. So, <laughs> give me Tennessee minus two and a half. I think it's kind of an even split by home field advantage, so. You've known this guy for a little while. Mm-hmm. Kentucky's a lot like Kirby. You never know what you're going to get. Oh, so true. You don't. You can't get a read on the guy. No. Can't get a read on the guy. Very unpredictable. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but kind of, kind of steadily unpredictable. Yeah. Which is what Kentucky steadily is. Shouts out to Marky Stoops. Um, what'd you say? Uh, I said two and a half. Kentucky favored. No, Tennessee. Tennessee favored. Two and a half. Uh, it's a game about running the football. Both teams like to run the ball, okay? Tennessee, better defensively than Kentucky over the last several weeks, okay? Kentucky got handled by Missouri last time they were at home. Tennessee favored by three. Mm. So you said two and a half? Two and a half, yeah. Mm. You're on the board, brother. Hey, there you go. Tennessee minus three and a half. It's already a loss because he took the first hey, that's three. Okay. But we can fight that's and make okay. it admirable. Build up some momentum for yeah, next man. week. Make it this again. last one. Build up that up on Mo. That's right. Shouts out to Friday Night's Mike, by the way. If you haven't watched that, you should. Go ahead. All right, this last one. I don't even know what to think of this football game. These are two of the most unpredictable football teams, in my opinion, right now in college football because it could be really good, and then it could be really bad. Colorado at UCLA. You know it's going to be entertaining. I'm going first here. Yes, sir. Um, I know who UCLA is. UCLA is a defensive-led football team who's trying to protect a young quarterback. Okay? I know who Colorado is. Colorado is a team that has to win football games 42-40. to 40. Okay? That's who they are. Um, now, the question is, can they do anything against this UCLA defense? I think uh, Tua Toloau, okay, the edge rusher, I know I botched that. He's number 15. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was at Washington, had to transfer down to UCLA. Tumaloa or something? That one right there. Mm-hmm. You, butchered, you butchered it too. Him. Okay. He is him. And he's going to have five or six sacks this weekend. Yeah. When you are this good defensively, you are favored heavily in Vegas. Vegas been favoring or really, really tending towards a 14 and a half point line lately. I'm going to guess that. 14 and a half? Yeah. UCLA favored 14 and a half. I want to go higher just because I think that defense is going to manhandle so Colorado. Good. But they are going to – I mean, Shador, Shador needs to wear all of the extra padding this weekend. I just don't know if I can believe in UCLA's offense to really put that many points up. I would go like – you said 14. Yeah, I think it's a lot. <sighs> Give me 10. 10. Mm. Well, you should have trusted your gut because it's UCLA minus 17. Hmm. <gasps> That's a lot. That's yeah. Tough. That's a lot of points. Yeah. That is a it lot, is a of, lot points. of points. Speaking of points, it is the month of style points, I believe, with college football playoff rankings coming out for the first time a, a week from today. All right. It is a month where some football teams need some style points. Hey, Curb? AA. AA. I like it. Yeah. Who are, who are some of these teams you think that need some style points? Oh, you want me to start off? I do. That's so why obviously, I came the to first you. one in 
I hate to do this, but it's Georgia. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you're, you've had the number one spot. People are kind of questioning it. You've had a couple of games. You don't have Brock Bowers. If you go in and beat the hell out of a Florida team that isn't necessarily good but is respectable, that can really cement your spot as number one. Another one I've got is Florida State. Had a shaky win against Duke. You've kind of creeped up or flirted with losing a couple of games of the season. You can really make a good jump or cement your spot if you beat whoever they're playing. I don't remember who it is. It's it's a Wake Forest, I believe. Okay. So if you beat a pretty decent Wake Forest team, that's really important. I got one for you. Go ahead. Uh, Penn State. Oh, that was next on my list. Penn State, you got two weeks. You got two weeks to figure out some daggum offense before you play uh, Michigan, right? You got an Indiana football team coming to your place. And you got Maryland. Okay, so you got two weeks to get right, okay, and play with some confidence and win with some daggum style points. You don't necessarily need to win with style points. You actually need other people to lose, okay? Um, but you need to put up points in general and get some confidence going. I've got two more teams. Do you have any? Yeah, I got one right now. I think FSU needs to have a style win against yeah. Wake Forest. A lesser opponent, look, we'll give you a buy or we'll give you a slide for Duke. That's a ranked opponent, good football team. But Wake Forest, a team that's down this year, FSU needs one of these wins where you just went out there, you put up 50 or so points, and it was never in question, and FSU looked like a cultural playoff team. Steve Martin. Go ahead. Steve Martin? That's an inside joke of a show that y'all don't watch. It's an inside joke on this show of another inside joke. Um, Steve Martin was a prop comic. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, so these are kind of, the next two teams I have are kind of the get back in good graces. Ole Miss, they're still a one-loss team. They've only lost to Alabama, correct? Correct. So, mm-hmm. I mean – you can still you can still make the playoff. You can still win the West. Yeah. I think that starts by winning a lot of your games with impressive margins. Obviously, you have a big challenge coming up when you travel to Georgia, but you can really start climbing up the playoff rankings if you start winning well and winning now. We've talked. Ne- to, go ahead. Next one is UNC. Okay. Bad, bad yeah, loss last time. week. I mean, you're technically not out of it yet. You have one loss. You're still somewhat in the hunt for the ACC, but you got to start really beating the hell out of teams. Absolutely. Um, we've talked about them a lot this show, but I think the rest of the season, Michigan needs to play better football than they've ever played. Yep. Not for anybody's sanctity other than Jim Harbaugh's. Yeah. Um, and, and the sanctity of their program, honestly. Not that it's going to make an NCAA investigation or ruling any less, um, but your public persona will yeah. definitely be taking a major hit if you don't come out and put some – Put some smack down on some folks like yeah, you've been doing. Yeah, because like I said, if you come out and you lay an egg now, everything you did prior to this is is pretty much null and void because it t- ties back to, oh, you did this well because you were cheating. I mean, I, I – somebody asked me today, like, do you think this – basically, like, do you think this tarnishes everything that they've done? Yes, yes. So 100% tarnishes every close game you've won um, to me. Because it, the game of football, when it's one in the margins, when the game is tight, it is a game of winning the biggest moments, right? It's a game of being right in those moments. And when you're cheating to be right in those moments, you have cheated those moments, okay? And you've cheated the outcome of the game. Um, and that is a major issue. And if they, if they come out and lay eggs moving forward, everyone should laugh at them. They deserve everything coming their way. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that's they're very clear to me. And I'm not, there's no high horse on this, okay? I know we've talked about it a lot. There's no high horse on this. The only people who are acting all uppity right now are Michigan fans. I think everybody else is just pissed off that you cheated the game of football like this because you did, okay? Um, what else? What else we got? I'll give yeah. a different angle for this one. I think Texas this week against BYU has to have some type backup of style. Quarterback getting his first yeah. start. In Malik backup Murphy. quarterback want to know moving forward that you can trust him to buy you time until Quinn Ewers gets back. So maybe not style points in the sense of like, oh my gosh, you just absolutely dismantled him. But style points in the sense of like, oh, 
we can trust Murphy to go out there and play good football with us, at least good enough football over this stretch of opponents where we can remain – we can win out and still be in a position to make the playoff. Absolutely. Do you want to give a, a Heisman contention update before we bounce for yeah, tonight? Yeah, so – as funny as it is, after everything that we talked about, there's a, another new odds-on favorite to win the Heisman. Who do you think it is? It was J.J. McCarthy. It is J.J. Mm -hmm. McCarthy. Last yeah. week it was Michael Penix. Now it's J.J. McCarthy. Michael Penix is – J.J. McCarthy's at plus 180 right now. Michael Penix is in second with 275. Yeah. Jaden Dale's at 600. Jordan Travis at 800. Dylan Gabriel at 800. Then there's a massive drop-off. Next highest is Marvin Harrison at plus 2,000. Then after that, you have Bo Nix at plus 25, Carson Beckett plus 2,800. And then it's just pretty much just names at that point. You've got Quinn Ewers, Travis Hunter, guys who are probably not going to win it. Just names. Brock Bowers is in there at plus 8,000 if you still want to take that. so Cheaters, basically, all of you. Basically, it means if you put 10 on Brock Bowers winning the Heisman, you will lose $10. Huh. That's not bad. Pretty good deal. Trying to think who I – Marvin Harrison. Yeah, Marvin Harrison's Harvin great Marison. value right there. Marvin Harrison's the bet there. Marvin um, Harrison or Bo Nix I think are good money picks. And I know you don't like Bo Nix, but – I wasn't even going to do it. I was, I was just going to let you make your comment about Bo Nix. I wasn't even going to say nothing. He's the best, dude. He's a goat. Mm-hmm. He's just goaded. His eyes twitching. Come on. A 28-year-old goaded. Oh, you can't mm -hmm. play – don't play the age card. That's a, that's a lamb. Who bats? Goats bat? Sheep. Sheep's bad. Sheep's bad. Goes like scream. Oh, like? uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's been our show. <laughs> 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 I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow. Make sure you hit that thumbs up button on your way out. Michigan, you cheaters.